0: The following is a hoop Bowl presentation. Good morning, hoop ballers, and welcome to another edition of Hootball's DFS Today. This is your Saturday. May 29th edition. I am your host, Santino Cacone, and I am here joined by our guy, Matt Cooper. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing
1: pretty good, my friend. The um, week has gone pretty well so far. I've been playing pretty much every slate, so I feel like I've got a pretty good grip of what's going on in the slates. Um, should be some interesting... Decision points to make on this day, especially as we've got these Saturdays that kind of go all day long. So, yeah, looking forward
0: to it. Awesome. And every time I say Cooper, I just want to use the the basketball reference there. <laughs> Coop. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> I digress. Fine, <laughs> <laughs> man. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good slate. we got a good one on your on our hands. We're back to a four-gamer here. Uh, first game starts at one, then four, then seven, then nine. We got basketball all day on this Saturday. Uh, but before we jump into the slate, I do want to give a quick shout out to our guys over at MyBookie, simply the best sports book around. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with MyBookie, you still have a lot of time and sports really don't end. But um, they have you can bet on any type of sport that you want, any type of uh, over under line. Whatever the case may be, futures, and they also have a fully-fledged casino platform. Oh, there's my buddy. Fully-fledged casino platform with live dealers uh, all around, 24 hours. So you have a full casino at your fingertips. <clears throat> and if you want to get your, deposit, your first deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks, just simply enter the promo code HOOPBALL. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. All right, man. Let's jump right into this first game of the slate. Uh, We have the Milwaukee Bucks at the Miami Heat again for Game Four. The Heat are down 0-3. They are on their home turf to try and get one in here. But we have a 222 game total with the Heat. uh, I mean the Bucks a four and a half point home favorite. On the injury report, we have Victor Oladipo as out for the Heat, and the Bucks have uh, Thonisis and DiVincenzo both out, and Giannis is probable here. I'll throw it over to you, man. Um, we'll start with the Heat. I mean, the, the Bucks. they are the away team, but who are you looking on on this side of the ball?
1: Yeah, so I'm pretty curious to where what my Milwaukee's going to do with their starting lineup here. Obviously, with DiVincenzo out, they're going to be looking to fill that one of those guard roles, so we could see either Bryn Forbes or Pat Connaughton step into that um my intuition thinks that it might be Conaton just just for his defensive role um so c- the nice part about this one is it's the first game of the slate so we'll know who that's going to be um if Conaton steps into that role and has a starter i'll like him a lot um kind of the same way it goes with forbes like both of these guys will likely see um a decent rise in their minutes Um, I guess there's a little bit of a worry with them seeing a drop in their production and a drop in their usage uh, where they're used to coming off the bench. Um, But yeah, a little bit strange with Giannis um, popping up on the injury report as probable. Throughout the season, we've seen the Bucks in general be kind of wild with probable guys end up being ruled out just before. So keep an eye out for that prior to the tip um Middleton and Holiday have both seen their prices drop quite a bit which I think is going to be my key focus I think if I'm going to spend here I'd more I'd like to go to Middleton and Holiday before I go to Giannis um I'm expecting a close game here the the spread is the lowest it's been all series pretty much um I expect Miami to kind of be fighting for their lives a little bit and with that you should see big minutes for the key key Milwaukee players
0: yeah, and I'm interested to see who gets the starting nod as well. Uh if it's Bryn Forbes, I'm really not too interested in him. I, I wouldn't hate it because you're getting a uh, probably a 25 to 30 minute guy at just 3600. Uh but he's never he he has occasional big games outside of that. Um, doesn't really do much, but Pat Connington is more intriguing to me. $200 less. <clears throat> he has been he has had a lot more success, uh, especially this year. Uh, so that's something that I'm looking at. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I think you can look at Holiday again. Uh, that's the guy that I'm mainly looking at, especially uh, with Giannis probable. But I don't think there's anything to that. I guess if you do, and if there is something before the game starts, Bobby Portis gets a bump and he's only 4K anyway, so that's a solid play. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. I, for me, it's it's Holiday's the the guy that I'm looking at, Connaughton, and um, not looking to necessarily spend up to Giannis on a four-game slate right now.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I think I think we've got some pretty good other spins that we can get to later on in some of these other games, uh, especially Denver-Portland. So yeah. definitely, I think Giannis kind of just falls
0: through the cracks a little bit here. Um, and, I, and I, for me personally, I don't hate Giannis, uh, but the way that the Heat have been playing, and it's just been absolutely terrible. They can't hit anything. and They can't hit, I don't want to be cliche, but they can't hit water if they fell out of a boat right now. Ah, uh, this game might not stay that close. I, I can't imagine that they're going to go out like this. But uh, their shooting has been so brutal; they don't need to throw Giannis out there uh, a lot for thirty-five plus minutes. They can still win this game and then have a big layoff until the uh, the first round ends.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you there. And I should, uh, echo, I'm going to echo you a little bit on the Brent Forbes comments. Like the one game, I think it was, you know, it was game two that he just got super hot from three. And they really extended those minutes there. Um, that was a pretty unique situation that I don't think is really going to happen again. So, um, with a guy that only really scores the ball and really depends on scoring, that really depends on his fantasy output just through hitting shots. It's generally not somebody you want to roster. All
0: right, man. Um, and flipping on over to the other side of the ball, how are you feeling about this Miami Heat squad? Uh, squad? <laughs> I, I'm
1: sort of nervous. Um, I think that I think that I'm guessing that Eric Spolster is going to do something weird with his starting lineup. Um, we saw Dragic step into that starting role last game, where they previously had none, and I expect that to continue. But the interesting thing that I think they might do here is they might—I'm going to butcher his name—but Nemanja Bieliksa, um I think, is going to have a pretty significant role in this game. In the fourth quarter of last game, when they were getting blown out by 26 going into the quarter, um, they ended up trotting out a lineup that had Bialiksa alongside, like, basically Butler, Dragic, Adebayo, um, and all of their kind of their main guys. And for about a two to three minute stretch, they got pretty hot and on the offensive end and actually found some flow to their game. Um, Nemanja can stretch the floor out for them. So I, I am... Kind of nervous, but I think there's a chance that he might start for Ari- for Ariza in this game. Um, so once again, like first game of the day, we'll we'll know this before lock. Keep an eye out for that. Um, so I think he's a pretty sneaky, uh, pretty sneaky value play. Um, also, I think that Jimmy is actually a really good play today. Um, I have no confidence in Bam just with how he's performed, even even at kind of that season low price tag of seventy four hundred but Jimmy Jimmy actually came out and was the only one really playing well for them in the last game, and I expect like, back against the wall, down 3-0, he's going to leave it all out there, and usually that results in a pretty good fantasy game for him.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm with you. I I'm, I'm, want to see exactly what Spolcher does with this lineup because uh, the way that they've been playing and the way that they've been getting just annihilated outside that first game where they could have won it. They could have easily won that first game. I wound up losing by two, fought hard, but these last two games have been just brutal. Now they're oh 0-3 with their backs against the wall. Um I do like Butler at eighty six hundred. He's the only person that's shown up this entire series. And especially he was he scored half their points last game, um, in the first half. He had fourteen and they had like thirty point they had under thirty points at um near twenty minutes of game time. It was it was just brutal. Uh, but I'm interested to see what he does with the lineup because, like you, you mentioned, Bielitsa, he could possibly start. Uh, maybe they, maybe um, Spolscher just goes to the empty the tank and starts like Precious or whoever it may be. He could change these things and you could get a very solid uh, value guy down there. Um, but outside of any major changes, if there is none, I can only look at Butler right now because of the way everybody's playing and uh, the, the credit the Bucks with their defense and credit, the, and not credit the Heat for the way that they're shooting. Uh, but I think for me, Butler is the only guy I can trust right now. And then I'll wait to see exactly what um, changes Spoelstra makes. Like you mentioned,
1: yeah, it's really it's really kind of sad watching this so far, especially with Bam. Um, he's we we've seen that he's capable of putting out massive like massive fantasy games in the past. He's he's a capable triple double guy. But his confidence right now just looks completely shot. Um, Brooke Lopez is doing a really good job
0: against him. And on the flip side, uh, Giannis, he was the Giannis stopper, but Giannis hasn't had a great series so far. So, um,
1: yeah, like going into
0: that
1: first first game last Saturday, I thought that like Bam was this series just made for Bam to do well, and he just has has not shown
0: up to the table. Not at all, man. Um, But let's jump on over to this next game. And this one starts at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's important to note that the weekend games are spread out, which makes for a fun day of basketball. Uh, The weekday games, as we were talking on before, or alluding to before we went on the show, I don't know what the schedule guy did, but he decided to just jam them all together so you have to pick and choose or flip back and forth uh, between games. It's very obnoxious, but the weekend... You don't really have to, except for uh, missing the first portion of the, the start of the game for the next one uh, occasionally. But yeah, this one starts at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, this is the Nuggets at the Blazers. We have a 228.5 game total, which is a half point under the next game for the highest. Uh, and the Blazers are three and a half point home favorites. The Nuggets are took a couple games in a row here, uh, but on the injury report, we have... Will Barton, P.J. Dozier, Jamal Murray all out for the Nuggets. T.J. Leaf, probable, and Zach Collins as out for the Portland Trailblazers. We'll start with the Nuggets, man. Uh, they are the away team. I'll throw it over to you. Two in a row here. A uh, bunch of different guards stepping up and, and players stepping up. But how are you looking at um, when you're looking at the Nuggets?
1: Yeah, so I I can't believe that the Denver guards are kind of being able to keep up with Portland here. Uh, we saw that we saw the Austin Rivers game last game with him hitting thirty seven minutes hitting five threes um a bunch of those down the stretch as well. I think that that is a bit of a trap going into this game he 's probably going to garner some ownership at only four point three k on draftkings um just with that fancy output that he had last game but i'm not really looking looking at rivers too much. i think that Mon- i've played monte Morris every game every slate that he's been on so far in this series and I think that will probably continue I think he's the best guard on their team um even with Composo, he knows how to run the offense with Nicole Jokic really well uh they have a lot of trust M- Michael Malone has a lot of trust in Morris um just off his past performance over the years so he kind of got I think uh a little unlucky with how hot Rivers got last game that took away some of his minutes. He still put up decent he still put up decent numbers um, as a pretty good value play. And then besides that, I think that Jokic is the best spend on the slate. Uh, Portland has continued to guard him just one on one with Yusuf Nurkic throughout the series. They've tried to take away his playmaking abilities, and all that's resulted in is Jokic scoring 36 points a game with more than 56 DraftKings points in each of the three first games. Um, Weirdly enough, he hasn't really got over that 35-minute threshold, which I find a little um, unlucky in a way. They've really tried. They've tried out Paul Millsap purely as the backup center. Um, and Millsap has been able to give them really good minutes, actually, which I think has limited the upside a little bit on Jokic. Um, but this is a this is the biggest game in the series uh, with Denver up two one. You go you go up three one on Portland, and that's pretty much putting them in their grave. Uh, where opposite or the opposite way, you're you've got a brand new series starting at two two. So I would expect Jokic to kind of get up to that high thirty range, and I think that that's going to be end up being the best play best spend on the slate i should say um finally i guess michael porter jr i've played him a bunch too he's been pretty chalky over the last couple slates and he just really hasn't done enough on the peripheral side of things um hasn't rebounded the ball that well hasn't really sh- he's shot the ball okay from threes um but just hasn't really done enough and he's been guarded pretty tightly All of, all of the shots he's made has been have been really tough so I'm um, pretty sure I'll be trying to stay away a little bit from that.
0: Yeah, and I like that. Uh, all these guards uh, have shown some moments over there, but I do like Monte Morris the best as well. Uh, Austin Rivers, got to give it to him, though. Last game, he was just on fire at the end. Uh, the first one was, okay, Austin. Then the okay. second one, then the third one, and he was just feeling it. So good for him, and he was he was really the difference maker in that fourth quarter. If he didn't have that... Um, Hot streak right there. They probably are down 2-1, but good for him. I do prefer Morris. I think he's a better per-minute guy, Um, (laughs) even after that hot shooting performance by Rivers. So I do love that $4,500 price tag for him. Um, Campaza, I think, is a decent play. I don't really want to go to that 6K mark for him. He just keeps going up, but, I mean, he's bringing back value, and he's doing good, and he's playing really well. Uh, they're making him the number one facilitator, and he's playing really well because of that. Jokic, you mentioned him. I think he's super safe for 50 points, super safe for 50 points. Uh, I just don't know if he has that 70-point upside. They are, like you mentioned as well, taking away his playmaking ability and making him just score, just score. And he's scoring over 30 points every game, and uh, you can't complain about that. But his upside remains to me... Limited for his price tag just because he's not hasn't been able to do everything else uh, that he that we've been accustomed to of when, whenever you roster Jokic. But I think super safe for 50 points, uh, 50 to 60 points there, just the higher upside. I'm uh, not huge on it, but um, <laughs> that's not saying 50 60 is anything to sneeze at. That could still lead the slate here, like it did the other night. Uh, and, and Porter jr, you mentioned him. I still kind of like him. if I can squeeze him in there, I will, but now that we have an extra game, I uh, probably he's teetering on the edge of my player pool because uh he hasn't been doing the greatest uh and then they have been doing a really good job on him. but I'm gonna see if I can get him in there, but right now he's teetering on the in the line of do I play him or or not
1: yeah i've been I've been kind of surprised in general, just how like. Little he's been involved in some of their offense. Uh, I, we've seen a lot more shots come from Aaron Gordon. Even Composo has been mm-hmm. pretty, pretty open to firing them up. So um, I was expecting. I was expecting going into the series to see MPJ shooting at least twenty shots a game, and we've only seen eleven and thirteen over the last two, which is
0: really weird to me. Exactly. Uh, let's jump on over to the other side of the ball, man. Portland, and you you alluded to it. They are down. One to two in this series, uh, and if they can, if they go down to three one, it's kind of like a a big dagger to their hearts, especially losing two at home. But how you feeling about this side of the ball?
1: Yeah, so some interesting things that Portland did in their last game. We saw Ennis Cantor get completely eliminated from the rotation in the second half. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that continues. If that Continued right into this game. Um, they gave Rondé Hollis-Jefferson some minutes at the five, and Rondé's always been a pretty good defender. Um, obviously, he's not going to be a Jokic stopper just because of the size. Um, but as much as they can match those minutes with Nurkic and Jokic, I think that Hollis-Jefferson might get the other center minutes. Um, in the last in the last game that they, these guys played, I, I pretty much stacked up this game, and it was looking really nice. He saw he saw a lot of production. Um, from kind of the peripheral pieces from Portland, Norm Powell had a really good game kind of slowed down at the end, but we saw kind of what these guys are capable of. Um, I think CJ is probably my favorite piece tonight. Um, with all the attention that Dame's getting, um, especially when Aaron, when Aaron Gordon matches up to him, they really like to let give CJ the ball and let him operate in space. Um, it didn't, he, he scored the ball really well last game and rebounded the ball really well. He just didn't quite, didn't quite get enough, still eclipsed 40 fantasy points at a tag of the low, in the low seven Ks. Um, so I'll probably be going back to him again. Nurkic has been really solid, although he's looked really, really tired and really, really fatigued by all the work that he's having to do against Jokic. Um, I think that's probably going to start catching up to him a little bit in the series, but Kind of, kind of similar sentiment to what, to what I said before. Like When you're down 2-1 and you've got a home game, Portland's going to be putting it all on the line here to try to even the series back up and see what they can do going back into Denver. Um, so CJ and Nurk are my two favorite pieces. I think that Dame, like Dame, Dame has one of the highest ceilings on the slate just because of how unstoppable the scorer he is. Um, but just with how much attention I think that Denver's going to give to him, um, I'd rather go again with these kind of peripheral pieces in Portland than their secondary scorers.
0: And I think it's interesting when you mentioned the, uh, especially after Nurkic left uh, at the backup center spot, Melo was playing a lot on Jokic at the back end of the uh, second half there. Uh, him and Covington were sharing the front court. So uh, Mello is a guy I'm looking at. If he's going to get extra minutes at 4,100, uh, we know he can score the ball. This is a do-or-die game. Uh, Melo loves these moments. He's going to take shots when he's open, and that's a guy I'll try and take some uh, shots at. He hasn't, he didn't do much outside of scoring, uh, much at all outside of scoring, but uh, he still dropped 17 points. But he can add a couple other things out there. Uh, that's pretty solid value on um, only 4,100. I think Covington's another guy. 40, he only went up to 47. I don't mind taking shots at. Um, you mentioned Nurkic. I, I don't hate that price tag. Uh, but I do like Damian Lillard and I will probably have a lot of shares of him uh, down 2-1 he's going he should get a lot of defensive attention but he's going to make this game time and he's going to make this uh try and put this team on his back like he's done many of times and this is a perfect scenario at home down 2-1 backs against the wall right now uh they desperately need to tie this series up they can't go back to Denver down 3-1 this is where I want to pay for Dame and I'll, I'll pay up for Dame. I think he has 50 point floor, um, maybe not 70 point upside. Like I mentioned with um, Jokic, but you can get 50 points out of him, 55, probably 60 and you don't have to pay over 10 K it's nine, six is nothing to sneeze at, but I really do like uh, Dame in this setting.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. i like, As much as I like kind of the peripheral pieces of Portland, I I just like this game the most on the slate in general. Um, I think no matter what kind of pieces you take on either side, this is going to be the best game environment of the day, in my opinion. Um, And we saw in the last, not in the last game, but the game before that, uh, game two, where Dame was actually playing on track to play the entire second half of the game um, until they kind of started getting blown out at the end a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised in this type of game if it's close that Dame plays like up to 44 minutes or something silly. Um, Terry Stotts has shown that he is willing to do that with his key pieces, Dame and CJ, um,
0: in the past, so that wouldn't shock me either. So Stotts' uh, job is also on the line. I think they. I know his seat was very hot, and then they made the the playoffs as this. Uh, <clears throat> They didn't have to make the play in game, but uh, his seat was very hot. And if they get bounced four one in the in the first round, I don't know if he survives that. So uh, I think he like you mentioned, Dame could play forty plus minutes. I think he's gonna ride his guys as much as possible to get this series tied up.
1: Yeah, no, agreed. Definitely definitely in the game of the day to attack, I think.
0: For sure. All right, man. Let's go to the next game of the night. This is the third one. We have uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have the Philadelphia 76ers at the Washington Wizards. Uh, we have, for a spread, we have the Sixers are five-and-a-half-point road favorites. And we have a 229 game total, which is the highest on the slate, a half game or a half point over the previous game that we were just talking about. On the injury report for the Sixers, Seth Curry is probable, and Denny Advia Thomas Bryant and are both out, and Russell Westbrook is questionable for this one. Uh, he left the last one, and we all know what happened, which unfortunate. But um, he left the last game, so we'll have to monitor his status here. But we'll start with the Sixers, and uh, what are you what are you looking at on the Sixers? Can you play these the big three? Uh, is it dependent on if Westbrook plays, um, or or what are you looking at over here?
1: yeah I think it's a little dependent on if Westbrook plays i just i I just really don't see a path for Washington to hang in this game unless Westbrook's playing um Beale has shown that he's pretty capable of carrying the load for Washington and being able to really do a lot offensively, even against Ben Simmons, who's an elite defender um but yeah, definitely pretty concerned about this game that it's always the worst part of these full day slates as we we might we probably won't know. Whether uh, Westbrook's playing prior to the first game lock-in, so it's going to be. So, it, with that in mind, like it, it helps to have some flexibility in your lineups later in the day, um, especially. Hopefully, we get that news before the Denver Portland game starts, at least. But we shall see. Um, on the Philly side of things, I, I I still like Ben Simmons a ton, no matter no matter whether Westbrook's playing or not. Um, Washington is really. Fully committed to stop to trying to stop Embiid in the series. Uh, we saw Embiid kind of. We've saw we saw Embiid just like take a lot of outside shots. Um, hasn't really like shown any of the ceiling that we know he possesses. Isn't really hitting that. Isn't hasn't topped more than thirty minutes in the series. And with all the attention that he's got, Ben Simmons has had a ton of room to operate. We saw in Game One, Tobias Harris was the beneficiary of that. Um, with with Simmons racking up 15 rebounds, 15 assists, which was how he ended up getting ended up being a part of a lot of winning lineups. Um, but in Game Two, we saw Simmons really do a bit of everything, and that's kind of what I expect going into this game. He's going to keep the foot. He's going to keep the foot on the gas here, um, and is definitely my favorite play on Philadelphia. Um, I think Danny Green also. Uh, I, I hate playing Danny Green in DFS because it just is always such a grind for him to get there. Um, but at 4,300, he's got a locked-in role. If this game stays close, um, even like with Seth Curry and Tobias both hobbled a little, even they're both, even though they're both expected to play, I think that just opens up a little bit more of a minutes ceiling for Danny. Um, we'll see. We'll see though. He's kind of, he's kind of a second tier value play to me.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm with you on, on pretty much all that. So uh, I like, I love Simmons's price tag at 7,600. Uh, this is just a fantastic matchup against the wizards. And the only thing like you meant that scares me off a little bit is if Westbrook doesn't play, I, I expect him to play. This guy plays through pretty much everything. I remember a couple years ago, uh, multiple times he had surgery and then within less than a week he would be on the court and I, I just thought he was superhuman. So I expect him to suit up for a playoff game, but being a hundred percent and being vintage Westbrook is another story. Uh, this game has the potential to be the biggest blowout. And as I say that I'm looking at Milwaukee and Miami and saying, maybe I'm wrong because Miami hasn't shown up all playoffs yet. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you on everybody. I, I think Simmons is solid, uh, or really solid. I Probably my favorite play on the team, and he's not high-priced at all. Danny Green's a solid role. <clears throat> um, and then it all depends on how capable uh, Curry and, and Harris are coming into this game. If they're sort of limited, maybe we can see some more um, ancillary pieces. If they're ready to go, then I, I, I think they just run out their starters until they don't have to anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. It's just a definitely a volatile situation um, with this game. Yeah, I think it, it. I mean, that sets up well for tournaments, though, right? Like you're mm-hmm. you're gonna have you're gonna have lower lower ownership on some of these guys. I think like I, I don't think Embiid will be owned at all. Um, just hasn't shown any like real spark yet in this series, but we know he's capable. So
0: um, definitely not opposed to tossing him in like large field tournaments. Then and yeah, uh, you. Took my words for the next team, but I'll let you go first here on who you who you're looking at on the Wizards.
1: Okay, so I think that Bradley. So once again, like this game, I think is really interesting for tournaments, and I think Bradley Beal, whether Westbrook plays or not, is really interesting. Um, he's shown a like complete capability of going against Simmons and still putting up massive numbers. Um, the shot volume is outrageous and he's shot really well from the field. What's strange is that he's actually shot terribly from three so far in the series. He's two for 12, um, one of six in both games, despite taking 23 and 28 shots uh, from the field. So if he can get that three ball going a little bit, like watch out, that really opens up, opens up the rest of his game and he can score at all three levels of the court. So at 9K, you're kind of going to get – you're in that same price range as Jimmy Butler, um, who I think will be a lot more popular. So just, just an interesting piece. And then the, my second favorite piece from Washington, I think, is Daniel Gafford. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see Gafford start here. They've, there were some really weird comments from Gafford after the last game talking about conditioning and stuff. Um, and he's clearly their most talented center. And I don't really understand why Scott Brooks hasn't put him into the starting lineup. They want to play him the most minutes he's capable of Uh, might as well start him on the court and then give him his rest after a six minute stint rather than letting him sit to start the game Um, down to down to zero. This is generally where you might see some changes being made by the coach. Um, And I think that's a pretty easy one to make. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I think Gafford is an interesting secondary piece here.
0: Yeah, and I'm with you, and especially on Gafford, I want to play him. Um, I've been saying it, he's easily the most talented center on this team, and it's not close. Before he got to this team, they were very bad. I'm not saying he was the entire reason that this team turned around, but if you look at the record after that trade and uh, games that he played, They have been awesome, and that's where the entire turnaround has come uh, since they acquired Gafford again. He hasn't played a ton of minutes, so I'm not just saying it's completely Gafford, but he's been a big part of this, and he deserves to start. He deserved to start last game. He deserved to start uh, in the beginning of the series. He deserved to start over a month ago. I don't know what's going on with why he's not. I know he gets into a lot of foul trouble. And that's a big thing. He has a lot of foul trouble. Um, maybe, like you said, conditioning. But either or, he's better than Alex Len, better than Robin Lopez, uh, and he's the only chance they have down low right now to keep this game competitive. When he's on the floor, he his he's they're they're playing winning basketball. Uh, his plus minus is easily tops on the team. I'm just not sure why they're not playing him at, until he fouls out. Which I would say he played 35 minutes, but I don't even know if he gets there because he, he tends to. F- foul a lot, but um, yeah, I'm with you on him the most, and I really do want to play him. I just hope Scott Brooks plays him, and I do hope um, it's off the bench, just so not everybody jumps on that bandwagon early, Uh, but also at the same time, if he's announced a starter, we finally know he's going to break that 20 to 23-minute threshold, Um, presumably, I should say, presumably, because I I don't know. Scott Brooks might finally realize it in the offseason.
1: Yeah, Scott Brooks just, he, he makes some bad coaching decisions in general to me. He's usually one of the first guys to pull out his pull out his players when they're in foul trouble. Not really, doesn't really let guys play through much. Um, so that's definitely a concern with Gafford. But yeah, as you said, like since they picked up, he was, Gafford was probably one of the best uh, mid-season pickups in the league. Um, and what I think is like my ideal scenario here is, that he does get announced starting, but it doesn't happen until close to when this game is actually starting itself. Um, because at that point you'll already have two games locked. People will already kind of be stuck in the line- in the construction of their lineups. So I think at that point, like it shouldn't affect ownership too much and we'll be able to get a pretty good uh, number on him.
0: Yeah. Uh, I like that call. Um, <clears throat> he only had one foul in the last game. And it was very, perplexing to me because watching it they were playing pretty well especially in the first half they uh kept it competitive and were keeping it close when he was in the game and then he just didn't really play much um so will we'll see if that changes but i'm with you for the most part on there and beal especially if westbrook is hobbled or limited at 9k he might not have 60 point upside but value is going to be there he's just going to value on on volume alone yeah
1: yeah completely agree
0: all right, man, let's go to the last game of the night. This game starts at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have the Utah Jazz at the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, we have a 224.5 game total, and the Jazz are 5.5-point road favorites. The Blazers are the only home favorite on this four-game slate. Uh, but on the injury report for the Jazz, we have uh, <clears throat> Mia, Une, <clears throat> Mia Uni, Oni. Questionable and Sean McDermott as out on the Grizzlies um, <clears throat> I have a tickle in my throat I couldn't get his name out while I was on <laughs> trying to um, cough up but uh, we'll start with the jazz man and who are you looking at on this team we saw Mitchell make his make his return and not only make his return but make a splash in it as well or on the scoring department but um, who are you like on this side of the ball
1: yeah so Donovan. Donovan looked pretty good in, the, in his opening game uh, a couple days ago. Like he he was shooting he was shooting the ball really well. He was aggressive, got to the line a couple times. Um, didn't really do much else outside of that. Um, and that and like as you can see, only got up to 26 minutes, which I think is the most important thing to consider here. He did step out late in the game to go to the locker room. I think I mean, it's just really confusing, like what his ailment is at this point. Um, A lot of mixed messaging coming from like the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell's camp um, regarding his injury rehab and stuff like that. So I think I'm staying away from Donovan here. Um, Just not sure that he's able to get up into the mid-30s in minutes at this point. And I don't think that Utah is really going to need him to either. Um, Been one of the more surprising things thus far in the playoffs, I think, is how well Memphis has played. Um, they've actually really held their own against Utah, obviously winning, the, obviously winning in game one. And then in game two, they were able to fight back after a pretty large deficit deficit to begin the game. Um, Mike Connolly actually was the guy who, um, took me out of winning a couple GPPs on the last slate. Um, he had a massive game and I was, I was sweating out Rudy Gobert and Gobert was having a great game as well, but a bunch of people that had Connolly lineups caught, caught up with me. Um, don't really know what to do with Mike Connolly here. Like he's sitting at that price tag below 7k and he's running so much of their offense right now, um, in the pick and roll, he's passing the ball. Great. It's just looked great in general. So I think he's an interesting piece and he's not going to, and he's not going to get much ownership either. Um, I think people, when people see that Donovan Mitchell's back, they just tend to not want to play Connolly, especially when his price is a little elevated. Um, but my favorite play here is Rudy Gobert. I think he's just played so well in this matchup throughout the season. Every time he goes against JV um, and the Grizzlies, the problem in the the previous games is he, has, he just hasn't been able to get up into the high minutes into that minute ceiling. We saw him get there in the last game, though. 36 minutes, 50 fantasy points. Um, That's been around the same rates that he's had in these other games, where he's only really averaged around 30 minutes per game. Um, So really like Rudy Gobert again. Don't see any reason why his role should be any different here. Um, And besides that, I'm not really too much of a fan of a lot of these secondary pieces on the Jazz. I think they just balance things out so well that it's really – a bit of a guessing game as to who's going to perform well. And I think Ru- Rudy Gobert is that one constant that we know what he's going to do no matter what.
0: Oh, I was on mute. My bad. Um, <laughs> I was saying, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I like Gobert and, and I, I do like Conley in this game as well. Um, <clears throat> speaking of Conley, he's, he's brought a little something against his former team in this series so far, bringing a hefty return in both games. And now he goes back to Memphis, which I'm assuming he's going to get cheered uh, he did nothing but good things for this franchise, so uh, I don't expect any boos for him, and he's very comfortable in that arena. <clears throat> so um, I, I think that's a solid price tag for Conley at 6'8". And go Uh if he didn't foul out in that first game or was in foul trouble, only played 25 minutes, <clears throat> he would have probably did a similar... Um, game that he did in, in the last one in terms of fantasy points, bringing back nearly 50 or so. Uh, if he's playing 36 minutes. This is just a very good matchup. JV's pretty good, but you can get rebounds, and you can uh, score in the paint against him at um, certain points, especially when you're lanky and um, only do certain put-back moves where it's high percentage like Gobert. But, uh, yeah, I think Gobert's a very good play. I like Conley as well. And if I'm going to throw in one one of these cheap guys, it would be all the way at the bottom uh, of the starting guys in Royce O'Neal at 4600, just because you know he's going to be playing 35 plus minutes if this game stays competitive. Uh, nothing, nothing great there, but he does have occasional hot games where he where he can play pretty well and, and bring back a solid return. Uh, but he's just someone that you, if you're down in that range and you're looking and you just want a consistent type of minutes floor, uh, he's a guy that you can feel comfortable with in that situation. Just getting 35 plus minutes or so
1: yeah royce is one of those like guys that you hate to play but often fits well into these lineups um pretty similar to danny green in that way where he played like often has such a concrete role in their offense and can like we saw it in the last game he where he hit his threes he was four for six from three and he got a bunch. he got eight rebounds and three assists Um, yes it's a bit of a it's always a bit of a grind for them to get there and to meet that value but definitely you always have to appreciate them those guys that are out there on the court so much
0: Mm All right, man let's throw it on over to the last team of the night and the Memphis Grizzlies uh, going playing on their home floor now Um, series is tied who are you looking at here
1: so I think that Utah is going to blow out Memphis here
0: You heard it here first.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty – I think that even though going back to Memphis and, like, with all the hype around their first, like, home game with this kind of – with this group of guys, um, I think that this is the perfect opportunity where Utah, who has a really cohesive unit, they really know who they are. They've grown – like, they're just a very consistent group. This is where they can really turn on the gas um I think they've they will figured they've figured some things out with Jaw over the last couple of games and they're going to really limit him. Um they're we're not that I, I couldn't believe that 47 point game last game. Like Jaw's been unbelievable. Yeah, it was that, that was like just completely shocking to me how easily he was scoring and how much he was getting like he, he shot 20 free throws um they just like couldn't even couldn't keep him off the line he was efficient from the field he's he's shooting the ball well enough from the outside to, to at least allow them to respect it um which opens up those driving lanes but yeah i i really don't like Memphis chances a lot in this game at all um and with that not a lot of guys really fall into my player pool um on their games here. I think that Dylan Brooks is the best piece in kind of that mid tier uh, issue is he's got the highest foul rate of any player in the NBA. And we've seen that come to fruition over the last handful of games now where he's had more than five fouls in like five of five of the last six, I think, or four of the last five. Um, just a bit of, just makes you nervous when you plug somebody in that 6,500 on DraftKings uh, that might be limited by their minutes there um, I'm staying away from JV I think that Gobert is just too good of a matchup too good of a defender and too good of a ma- too good of a matchup against him um, so I think I think jaw, if you're going to pick a piece it to me it's either jaw or Dylan Brooks these are the two guys that are capable of creating their own shots um, but for the most part really don't like the Grizzlies at all here
0: yeah and no, I'm I'm with you for the most part on here too uh, the Grizzlies everybody's priced pretty accordingly. I I do like Ja, but I also like a lot of other people in that range, so I'm not going to put him in as a definite, but uh, this kid's been showing off this uh, um, at the end of the season and now in the playing game and and now the playoffs. uh, Bright future and bright present. But yeah, yeah, I think... (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And I think Everybody's pretty priced accordingly, and uh, this team has a tendency to spread the love a lot. And from game to game, like Brandon Clark was in the rotation, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. Xavier Tillman took his spot. Um, Justice Winslow was in the rotation, and all of a sudden he wasn't. DeAnthony Melton plays here and there. Uh, Desmond Bain goes in and out of the rotation sometimes. Jaron Jackson's return came with fanfare, and now he's kind of like... Teetering, uh, they go with who they go with. I don't want to say with the hot hand because they change it up all the time, and sometimes it's very hard. And, and when when I'm looking at all the price tags, I'm like okay, um, Kyle Anderson, I would like him if he was more of five hundred or five k because I think that's solid. Six one, I don't love the upside huge, but everybody else is under four k, and it's I mean, after Jaron Jackson, and they're kind of like a crapshoot on who's actually going to play and who's not uh grayson allen was playing 30 minutes a couple um not too long ago now he's playing in the 20s and 19 uh, i think it's hard for me to decide on one of these guys when we have three other games where i know where the value is coming and i can when i pay for something i know when i'm going to get there uh but i don't mind like you you mentioned brooks and Ja, they do take the most shots and, and they do have the uh the ball in their hands the most on offense so don't mind going there but everybody else is kind of I'm hesitant to go there and I'd rather find my value somewhere else.
1: Yeah. I think when you're playing DFS, like there's, there's times to take uh, educated guesses and there's times to take some like risky plays, but this just isn't one of them. Um, These guys have been priced accordingly to their production and a pretty tight and a, a much tighter rotation in general. Um, Kyle Anderson, uh, like he's shown a lot of consistency, he's shown been over thirty thirty fantasy points a game each time in the series. Uh, but yeah, just really don't like just really don't like a lot of Grizzlies. Grace Grayson Allen looks looked terrible last game too. Um, he just really really struggled out there against the defense from Utah. Even the, even the
0: looks that he did get um, were painstaking. Yeah, I'm with you, man. <clears throat> Alright, uh, before we head on out of here, I want to ask you who your favorite uh, players on each tier are, or play on each tier is. Uh, so we'll go with one for the expensive tier, anything over 8 k uh, and then one in the mid-tier, and then one in the value tier. We'll say under 5 k for value, and in the middle of, obviously, value and expensive for uh, the mid-tier play there. But uh, we'll start with the expensive tier. Who is your favorite spend-up uh, on this slate? So two,
1: there's two guys that I'm kind of thinking back and forth here. Um, I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. I think that Miami, I'm betting a lot on kind of that Miami culture and that Jimmy Butler toughness, uh, just the mentality that that organization and that individual brings here. I don't see them going at, going out 4-0 without a pretty, pretty good fight here. Um, don't really, don't really think that Milwaukee's going to blow them out again. I think losing DiVincenzo hurts them. That'll hopefully tighten the game up a little bit. And Jimmy's just going to be out there for as many minutes as he can handle. And I think eighty six hundred is still just too cheap. Uh, other guy that I was kind of thinking about there was Bradley Beal, um, but that's definitely a more tournament oriented play.
0: All right, I like it. Yeah, and, and Butler's not a crazy price tag, uh, so you can. Stick him in with another star or maybe even two in some lineups. Uh, so that's a good price tag there. Um, for me, <clears throat> I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Nice Watch, Dame Lillard. I, <clears throat> for similar reasons, and I know we talked about it before, um, I think it's just Dame time. It's They're down 2-1. They're on their home floor. If they lose this game, going back to Denver down 3-1, you can pretty much put a nail in the coffin. Uh, this guy, this, these are the moments that this guy... Wants and he asks for and he and he goes out and takes them when they're there. Uh, so I'm going to take a lot of shots at Damian Lillard here at 9,600. And uh, knowing that it's not over 10k, I could probably pair him with like a Jokic if I wanted to as well. But uh, I think Lillard is the guy that I'm going to be heavily targeting here.
1: Yep, I think that's a good call too.
0: All right, man. Let's see. Uh, who are your who is your favorite mid tier guy? So under 8k here.
1: Under 8K, I am gonna stick. Okay, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay in that game. Actually, um, I'm gonna go with CJ McCollum. I played him last game. I really liked what I was seeing from the Portland offense in general. Um, I think that even on a four game slate, you can play both Dame and CJ. They just they both garner so much um, ball handling responsibility, and they stagger all of their minutes. So whenever Dame's on, Dame is off the court. You have CJ on the court. Um and just with how much the, how much they create offensively, I wouldn't be opposed to playing them together. Obviously, they eat into each other a little bit, limits the ceiling a little bit. Um, but I really like what I'm seeing from CJ lately in the last couple of games, and I think 7,300 is way too cheap for that. And I don't think he'll be that owned
0: either. I like it, and for me, this is a tough call because I, I do like the mid tier tier guys. I think there are a lot of solid guys in this mid tier range that. Uh, I look to, um, I can look to here to bring back value. But if I have to say one, they're all like right next to each other. But I'll pick the guy, uh, one of the three, and I'm gonna go with Ben Simmons. I just think it's super, super safe. He's been phenomenal in this series. He's been phenomenal against the the Wizards all year, averaging nearly 49 DK points uh, in 33 minutes in the four games against the Wizards uh, throughout the season, and think that continues and we'll see what happens if if west with westbrook if westbrook plays then i'm gonna have a lot less shares of him because I, I they're just gonna blow him out and i don't want to overexpose myself on the Sixers side of the ball with their stars but west if i expect westbrook to play uh and that means he should be playing 30 plus 30 or so minutes depending on the score um yeah it's just a fantastic matchup so i'm gonna go a lot of ben simmons here too
1: yeah, no, I like I like that too. I'm like I'm looking at the 7K range, and there's so many guys that I like. Mm-hmm. You can I think you can make a pretty interesting lineup by going with a bunch of 7K guys and then some value plays. You can almost make you can almost stay away from the highest tier unless you really want to get pluck like, some of those guys in. Um, so yeah, like Gobert with
0: Gobert, McCollum, Simmons, Drew Holiday, yep. All-
1: Bunch of really good plays in that range,
0: and and that's the, the that's the the um, jumble I was looking at when I said I like a lot of them right next to each other.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> and Conley too. There's a lot of a lot of guards in that uh, scenario, but um, yeah, I'm with you. I think there's a lot of good plays there That if you want to do a balanced lineup, especially in cash, it's very good. Yeah,
1: and I think um, that sets, I think that what that sets up for is that because of how many plays we're seeing that we like here. And with some of these value guys that we might be able to access, I think it's going to be a pretty high scoring slate relative to some of these other ones we've seen. Um, So just keep
0: that in mind. I agree with you there. All right, man. And let's throw, who's your favorite value play of the night? So under 5k. All right. I'm going to get a little risque
1: here and go with my Bialiksa call. I'm sorry. I like it. I'm sorry to Nemanja. I don't think I'm pronouncing your name properly. Alexa, um, but I really like what he's set up for here. I think that that kind of trial period that er- Eric Spolstra used in that fourth quarter of the last game, um, is going to be a change that they make going into Game Four. They need to do something differently. They've already put Drogic into the starting lineup. That didn't that didn't work. They still got blown out last game. So I think they're going to get a little bit more drastic here. And I think that Trevor Ariza being removed um, is the easiest way to do that. And I think plugging in Bealiksa to that kind of core group um, is the way to go. And he's shown a really good uh, per minute fantasy production in the past. We know his game. He can do a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah, and um, I like that. I like that. And it's very cheap call. You're going near the, the bargain bin, very, very bargain bin down there. So good good call there. Um, for me, I'm looking – there's two factors. I want to know what's going on with the DiVincenzo injury and where those minutes go. I think they, a lot of them go to Connaughton and Forbes. I'm hoping they more go to because I would really like him at that price tag. Uh, but I'll go with a more surefire thing while we're doing this podcast. Obviously, things change as the day goes on. Uh, but I like Monte Morris. I liked him last game. I liked him uh, for that. But I'm going to go with him one more time, $4,500. He went up 300 since the last game. He didn't, He only played 25 minutes uh, in the last one, down from the 30 that he played before. And I, as you alluded to, a lot of that had to do with Austin Rivers just going nuclear in the fourth quarter. Uh, I don't think that would continue and if monte morris gets back up to 30 minutes uh, you can see 30 fantasy points this guy's averaging nearly a fantasy point per minute since he's come back uh and that's very good at 4500
1: yeah i agree and i think as i mentioned earlier i'll be looking at playing morris again as long as the pieces fit Problem, the problem, the is on this on this slate is there's so many good guard plays.
0: Exactly. I was just gonna say all my all my picks were are point guards, so uh, yeah. there are a lot of guards that I like on this slate.
1: Yeah. So it's gonna be the lineup construction's gonna be interesting and in trying to fit all these guys in. Uh, not a lot of them have forward eligibility either, so you're gonna be kind of constrained by keeping mm-hmm. that.
0: Up. All right, man. Uh, so that's it for our podcast. And before we go, is there anything else you want to say? Um, to the the audience out there
1: uh no man i've been, it's been so far it's been a really good, good playoffs for me on the draft on the DraftKings side of things the dfs side of things as i as, as i mentioned in the first pod we did last week i only played i only play DraftKings uh daily fantasy so don't really know don't really know as much about FanDuel and the pricing schemes that they have different lineup constructions uh, but so far in the playoffs so good
0: hopefully we can keep that momentum going into the following week Awesome, man. And um, yes, before we go, you can follow us on Twitter if you'd like. Uh, my Twitter account is San- at Santino Gacone. Matt, do you want to throw him your Twitter account?
1: Yeah, my Twitter account is MattCooper14. Cooper is C O O P. Yeah, yeah, you got
0: it. <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh, and give us a uh, rate review on Apple I don't even know the other ones. I just use Apple uh, Podcasts. I know people use Spotify and other stuff. I just stick to my Apple Podcasts. I forgot the other ones. Uh, But give us a rate review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. We'll try and put that something in there. We'll try and take out what you don't like. Um, And then all that other good stuff. Give us all of our accounts on um, HoopBall. We have a bunch of teams going out there. Uh, If you're interested in any of our HoopBall team content, especially on, on playoff teams. There's so much to go around there. But um, thank you guys, as always, for joining us. Uh, I, hear my, I don't know if you hear my puppy. He's, getting, he's telling me, get off, get off, get off. Um, but thank you guys for joining us, and we will catch you again tomorrow. I believe it will be Mike and Harris on tomorrow. So thank you, as always, and good luck in your tournaments, cash games, uh, whatever you're playing.
1: Thank care.